Hello and welcome to Gotcha Journalism, the podcast where we try out gotcha games so you don't have to wait two weeks to find out you hate playing it. I'm Sierra, my pronouns are she, her. I'm Dustin, my pronouns are he, they. Uh, and this week we talk, are going to talk about Final Fantasy Dissidia Opera Omnia. <laughs> the game with probably the most unwieldy name we've done on this podcast, and that's saying something because we did review a Kingdom Hearts game. We did. I was I was trying to decide if I think this is a dumber name than the Kingdom Hearts name. I think this one might be dumber. Yeah, I would 100% say it's dumber. Yeah, no, th- th- this one's worse. Because at least yeah, like the Kingdom Hearts one, I can like cobble together some semblance of meaning. No fucking clue what any part of this means. Yeah, I don't. I mean, mainly it's the Opera Omnia part. I don't know why that's there. I fuck no, dude. No clue. I, I couldn't tell you why the uh, Dissidia series is called Dissidia either, though. So, like... Yeah, true. Th- don't even have that to hide behind. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're talking about that game this week. Uh, and I'm just going to tell you all straight up, this game whips ass. This game fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, even though I play Doken Battle more than I played Dissidia, uh, if I were to try and, quote-unquote, objectively rank in terms of quality the gacha games i play grand blue grand blue would probably be first and then dissidia would be second yeah i, I, think I mean it's like a legitimately good game the, the sole thing that like grand blue has above dissidia for me right now is that like grand blue has immediate object like daily objectives i can do in that like grinding out lumi and uh, yggdrasil and those to fill out my weapon grid and that's not something i can super do uh, in Dissidia Opera Omnia, but other than that, I'll be real, I kind of like playing Opera Omnia more. <laughs> I did not expect to say that. Yeah, there, what's interesting is, and we'll get into this later when we, when we sort of dig deeper into the sort of gotcha and free systems and how they interact, like, I do think there are similarities between Grand Blue and Dissidia that are part of what make them both good and also, like, Mm -hmm. pretty friendly games. Yeah, Um, for sure. But, yeah, let's start out... Do you want to start out with just, um, like, a rundown of the basics of how the game plays? Sure. So, uh, this game is basically a uh, uh, a turn-based RPG system. Um, It is turn-based. There's no ATB system or anything like that. And you have... Uh, Final Fantasy characters from basically every game. So just um, to jump in, but not only turn-based, but your and my favorite version yeah. of Final Fantasy uh, uh, turn systems, uh, CTB. Yeah, where, where you, you can affect the turn order. Yeah, it rules. You can fuck with turn order, and it's so good. Uh, like, this is the most I've enjoyed uh, a turn-based, like, basic structure since Trails of Cold Steel. Um, where I just made the stupidest fucking build in the game where I just decided my uh, opponents are not allowed to ever take turns. Uh, and you can't... God, you, you can come up with builds in this game that do that. Uh, uh-huh, Most yeah. of them involve lightning. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, running fucking lightning, Agrius, and Ultimacia, those three basically just mean, <laughs> oh, I get to take 20 turns, and if you're not dead by the time this... Uh, I've run through all of my turns... 
uh, I'll just hit my summon button and then take an extra six turns. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, so you pick a th- team of three characters who uh, come from basically any game in the Final Fantasy universe. Um, the only ones I'm thinking of that you can't get a character from are uh, FFTA and TA2. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and... they don't have any tactics advanced characters. So, shockingly, they actually have a Crystal Chronicles character. They've got multiple Cry- Crystal Chronicles characters. Uh, Charlotta, Lael. Oh, Lael, uh, oh okay. I, I knew about Charlotta. I didn't realize that there were more than that. Yeah, there, there's a few. Oh, they have yeah. Yuri, too. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and this, this game also has uh, every Type-0 character which, in my opinion, is incredible because I'm the only <laughs> fucking person who cares about Type Zero. <laughs> the only downside is that even the Japanese version of Dissidia does not yet have Riku. They have Holy literally shit, really? every other major FF10 character. <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible! I know. I, I'm so sorry. It is specifically it feels... suffering for you. Yeah, it, it feels specifically targeted to hurt me because, mm-hmm. like. If I'm remembering the approximate order that they introduced these characters in, they did, like, Yuna and Titus and Waka and Oron as some of their first. Then they introduced Seymour and Jekt. Uh-huh. Don't worry. And- We've got Bad Dad, <laughs> Shitty Abusive X, and Waka the Racist. Yeah. And then they introduced Lulu. Uh, and then Pain. Which, I'm surprising they introduced her that early, but I'm not complaining because she I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. And then in Japan they have Kimari, <laughs> so no they have the entire cast of main characters except for the one I want most. Not a single person has ever given a fuck about Kimari. <laughs> oh, like I I don't think Kimari is bad. I don't think about Kamari ever. Yeah, exactly. It's Kamari. Yeah, he's just like, your eyes just glide past him. You get him on your team and drop him immediately, because why would you use Kamari in favor of literally anybody else in that game? Yeah, exactly. Um, But anyways, yes, you select a team of three characters, uh, and each character can have up to three or kind of four abilities at a time uh and each uh character on screen has what is called a bravery stat and an hp stat and basically you are using brave attacks to inflict bravery damage which will reduce your opponent's uh brave stat and add it to yours uh and hp attacks which spends all of your hp or your bravery to do that much hp damage and so it is very it is a game of uh, managing your brave stat and your HP stat or your HP attacks to cash out whenever possible, so that you don't hit your maximum and waste brave that you could be gaining, um, while still doing the most amount of damage possible. Uh, and the other thing that is cool is when you knock an opponent down to zero bravery, uh, you do something that is called a break, which moves them down further in the turn order. So if you uh, break somebody repeatedly or break a whole team, you can basically get a bunch of extra turns off. But yeah, if you aren't and... careful uh, and you spend your HP 
uh, imprecise or your bravery imprecisely, you can get broken and the enemy can just basically fucking wreck you. Yeah, uh, it they basically just took the same game basic gameplay mechanics of the actual you know console Dissidia games and portable Dissidia games and poured it into a turn-based format and i honestly think it works like leagues it works, better it works as a better than in Dissidia than it does as a like real-time fighting game i i mean there are parts that i like about it uh, uh, specifically in Dissidia Duodecim um where i think it is like uh, an interesting push pull of knowing how hard you can go um and having to trade in that uh, damage for, like, actual damage. But at the end of the day, I'd rather just play a traditional fighting game. Um, yeah. Whereas this, it's like, no, this is a fucking rad uh, turn-based structure. Um, and so yeah. every character has uh, three abilities, two of which they can get by leveling up what is called their crystal strength, uh, where you just spend a grindable resource that is honestly fairly easily acquirable. Um yeah, especially a... now like you mm-hmm. basically have you basically each character has like two different levels they have their character level which you know you level up to increase your base stats and like occasionally get some passive bonuses uh and then yeah you got the crystal strength which you you uh, you level up to unlock abilities and also like uh increase their level cap if they've received awakenings mm-hmm. um and the abilities are genuinely really interesting as opposed to like a a record keeper where they are just really the same and swappable between every character Uh, every character has the uh their abilities as being uh, kind of intrinsic to the that character uh and so like agrius has a judgment blade or judgment sword um one of the moves from uh final fantasy tactics uh, and Ace has uh, Burst and, uh, what is it, Spiral? Um, two of his moves from Type-0. Yeah, um, and, like, Cloud has Cross Slash and Finishing... I think it's... Finishing Touch. Yeah, Finishing Touch. Yeah, and Squall has Renzakukin. Um, you know, they, oh, and, it's and usually the thing you'd expect it to have. Um, yeah. But the really interesting thing is... Every character pretty much has their own unique intrinsic mechanics. That means uh, they are all going to be interacting with one another very differently. Like uh, some characters are really well designed for shaving off uh, brave from other enemies, but may not be able to spend it the best. Um, uh, some characters are really good at generating bravery for your allies. Uh, some characters Yuna, are, for example, yeah, Yuna or, is or, like one of the best brave batteries. Uh, Yuna and uh, Deuce from Type Zero is the other one I was thinking of, who's really great at being a brave battery, um, because she also increases the maximum brave capacity your characters can have. Uh, and uh, you have other characters who really are great damage dealers, like uh, uh, Squall and, to some degree, uh, Ultimacia from Final Fantasy VIII, but who aren't the best at uh, generating brave themselves or require some degree of wind-up to get to a point where they can start generating Brave. Um, Noctis is also a good example of a character who has very good DPS, but requires some wind-up and complicated, like, uh, rotations, activating stuff, yeah. Um, 
And the other reason that's important is because characters uh, have a limited amount of usages per ability. It's usually uh, around eight or so per ability. Um, and so you have to like actually be thoughtful with how you want to apply these. But because they're limited usages, uh, for battles that are about three to five waves long, um, they can make these abilities very powerful, uh, which, which they do. They are correct application of your limited usage of abilities is the core for the gameplay. Uh, and then every character has uh, another ability called an EX ability, yeah, which they this... get from uh, getting oh, one yeah, of their gotcha sorry. weapons. Yeah, I was going to say, like, unlike the character's other abilities that, like, if you pull relics, it'll make them better, mm-hmm. but you can still, like, use them. You can still get an idea of what the character can do whereas with the ex weapons they they give uh, the character a you know special ex ability mm-hmm. um, so yeah i i suppose that's probably a good lead into like the actual gotcha system itself yeah I, I think so i i think the gotcha in dissidia is like pretty forgiving the, the gotcha is ludicrously forgiving like but uh so uh, uh, we should probably explain it before I go into why I'm like genuinely astonished at how forgiving it is. Um, but every character has uh, a weapon slot and an armor slot. An armor slot where uh, you can get the armor for the character. You will never roll for it. Um, you would just spend armor tokens that you can get by completing events. Um, and they're super, super commonplace. Like it is not hard to get armor tokens to uh, get a armor geared up and limit broken for a character. Um, And then the the gotcha with the paid currency, uh, it has uh, a draw that has three characters on it at any one point in time. Um, Every character has three uh, different SSR or five-star weapons. Um, One improves their first ability, one improves their second ability, and one grants them their EX ability. So yeah, uh, it, I should say a few select characters have a fourth weapon, but that's pretty wa- rare. Uh, and that ability uh, usually is kind of irrelevant. Like a side bonus, like for example, Cloud's fourth uh, weapon, like uh, basically removes a uh, like removes an enemy's buff on a crit. Yeah, it it it, it so is pretty spe- handy, but it's not mm-hmm. crucial to have. Right. Whereas like. If you want a character to be at maximum potential, you want to have basically all three of their uh, weapons. Um, And each weapon can be limit broken up to three times to get uh, the maximum benefit. And if you get all three, uh, if you get the item entirely level broken and max leveled, the character gets the passive benefit from that weapon without having to have the weapon equipped. So if you have uh, basically uh, three copies of that item and you get it max leveled, you can equip the EX while still also having the benefit to your ability one and your ability two. Um, and you think, oh, wow, that kind of sucks. I have to pull 12 copies of three different, or four copies of three different weapons just to get a character to be fully functional. Um, and normally I would agree with you if this game's rates weren't fucking obscene. Um, on yeah, multiple occasions, I pulled so five. many incident copies of incidental weapons for other characters. Uh, including so, ones you want. Agrius was the uh, the character who uh, was featured recently, uh, and I went hard for Agrius. Um, 
there is a pity system in this game that is also obscenely forgiving. Um, basically, if you do 15 10 draws, you can spend uh, a what essentially amounts to like a spark from Grand Blue uh, to draw any of the five star weapons that are available, or any of the five star EX weapons that are available from that specific banner. Um, so I, I spent enough to pity uh, Agrius and basically did not need to pity anything. Um, it, it gives you five stars at a rate that is absurd. On top of which, it also has a thing called Power Stones. So if you sell a uh, five-star weapon, uh, a natural five-star weapon, not one that you've upgraded to be a five-star from a four-star, um, you get a thing called the Power Stone. And if you spend four of those, you can or limit break a weapon without having to... Um, without having to have the item. So basically four of any SSR can be translated to any other SSR that you need. Yeah, uh, and another cool thing is if you have, a, like let's say you have limit broken one character's like main three weapons, but you don't need like three max limit broken swords just lying around. You can sell two of those and get eight power tokens back, four for yep. each one you max limit broke. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, there were several times where I was like, man, I have this two-limit broken, uh, and I, I just don't want to draw on this banner anymore. Here, I'll spend four Power Stones to get this up to max rank, and then just immediately sell this weapon, and it's like I get that for max rank for free, basically, because I immediately yeah. get back what I spent on it. Uh, and this game is, like, super generous about handing out Power Stones, both because five-star rates are absurd, like, you are guaranteed a 5-star if you do a 10-draw, and I basically almost always got at least one other 5-star uh, on there a 10-draw. There was one time when I actually drew, like, five 5-stars five in a single draw. I was like, oh, that, holy shit. Yeah, that happened to me multiple times when I was drawing on Agrius's banner. Um, like, I, it is possible I had obscene luck, but I don't think that is the case considering it happened almost every single draw. So the nice thing is, if you are willing to save up gems, you can pretty much always get at least one copy of each weapon that you need for a character. And if you are able to get at least one copy of a weapon you need from a character, eventually you will be able to max uh, limit break it. Yeah, especially if it's a non-EX weapon, because mm -hmm. you can also get weapon tokens like, like you can with you know the armor tokens and there is just like a shop you can you know spend those weapon tokens on to get a free copy of you know one of the characters like first two uh weapons that just increase their you know normal abilities mm -hmm. yeah, and, yeah and so it the other thing that is interest or valuable about this system is uh it also just fucking gives out gems like candy. Like, I, honestly, I'd probably say it's more generous with giving out gems than uh, than Grand Blue. Yeah, like the, like, the game doesn't give a lot of free draws, but it does give a lot of, like, the currency you need to do draws. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, Grand Blue might, like, give you, oh, you get 
a free 10 draw every day for a week every once in a while. Whereas this game is just like, hey, man, you just want to play our game for like six hours and grind out this? Okay, cool. You have enough now to easily do what would be a spark in Grand Blue. Yeah, um, like for, for comparison, like I play pretty much every gotcha game other than Doken Battle very casually. Like as much as I love Dissidia, like, you know, I'll maybe pick it up, you know, once a day for like, I don't know, half an hour or so. Sometimes I'll forget about it, you know, not play it for a week, come back. Uh, even with how casually I played Dissidia for like the past three months, by the time, like, the banner came out that I really cared about recently, I went into, like, the summon section and was like, oh, I wonder how many of these, like, single-pull tickets I have. I had over 200. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, <laughs> I guess I will be pulling for Lena's EX then. <laughs> yeah, and, like, for comparison, I work in a call center where I have significant amounts of free time, so I would just, like, casually auto-battle uh, through a lot of, like, the story or through um, a lot of shit that, like, the Lost Chapters, where you can get several characters uh, as well as a free five-star weapon for the character that that Lost Chapter is for. Yeah, and um, usually, like, two pieces of their, like, you know, first level, uh, their first tier five-star armor, too. Mm-hmm. Um... Which is, like, genuinely really nice. Just like, hey, here's a character. You can now have them at base level functionality if you just really like Alice from Final Fantasy XIV, which... Yeah. It, spoiler, I do. She's great. Yeah, uh, you should. Alice is wonderful. Uh, oh, hey, here, have Ramza. You can actually use Ramza. And I was like, yes, please, I would like to have my son. Um, he yeah. is very good. And there are good. actually quite a few characters who are good and worth using without their EXs. Like, Squall yep. is actually one of them. Like, where if you don't have Squall's EX, but you do have, like, his two normal weapons, like, he's still a really good character to use because he will farm the shit out of any stage you need to farm. Yeah. It, it, Squall, basically, you just keep hitting his second skill over and over again, uh, and everything just sort of dies. Yeah. Um... But, like, I just was casually and mindlessly doing that very easily for, like, a week and had enough to pity um, and basically do the equivalent of a spark. And could probably easily do it again in another week or two if I really was dedicated to it. Um, yeah, and, I'm, and I'm actually that, checking hmm? right now. I have, like, I haven't really been doing much other than just, like, grinding stuff i haven't been doing a lot of new content but i already have like twenty nine thousand three hundred seventy gems yep yeah it is a very generous game and like that will probably slow down uh as i get further and further into the game but like also every map has a hard mode where if you 100 percent clear the hard mode you get a thousand gems, and every character has a, a, a couple of summon boards where you can get another thousand gems if you max them out. And so yeah. th there are a lot of avenues and different ways to get more gems. Um, and they are, like, really consistently updating with new content, too, which also helps, I think. Yeah, it, it's, it's very frequent, actually. Like, there's a new event coming out, like, pretty much every week. 
Um, yeah, it, they also, like, just in the game, actually release a schedule. Yeah. Like, yeah, they do. I, I didn't think that would matter that much to me, but uh, no, it actually rules to just have them straight up be like, hey, here's when we're dropping this character, here's when this event is starting off, here's when this start event is starting off, here's when this character is dropping. Uh, cool. Have fun. Yeah. Doken Battle is the same thing, but I would say Dissidia's schedule is more readable than Doken Battle's is. Everything which, which in Dissidia is more readable than in Doken Battle. Doken <laughs> Battle is a fun game. It is also unfucking parsable. <laughs> That's fair. It, it is a nightmare of UX. Yeah, the UE design in Dissidia is actually quite nice. Mm -hmm. it, it is very clean. It is very clear what everything does. Um, the one thing that I wish it did was it was more explicit about like numerical values, but like that's that's what wikis are for. Yeah, that's true. Um, to be fair, there are very few gotcha games that are straightforward about numerical values. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but that, that sort of like the the vents and like the ways to grind kind of makes you lead it. I kind of want to lead uh, sort of divert over to where I think this game, you know, compares pretty favorably to what Grand Blue does in terms of being new player friendly. Mm -hmm. And we, we touched on this a bit ago when we were talking about the relics and that the only one you really need to draw from a gotcha is the EX weapon. Mm -hmm. um, similarly, like pretty, like, pretty much all of the avenues of power to increasing your unit strength are all just free-to-play grinding. Yep. Like, aside from the relics, the primary ways you are going to make your, your character better uh, are by increasing their crystal strength, which you just grind those gems that you need just through, you know, the, the daily grinding events. Uh, you, uh, you, like... Um, sort of max out the su the summon boards for them, which you do in, like, one of the few parts of the game that actually uses stamina, which I should note, you know, one of the things that makes this game very easy to accumulate resources with is that almost no content in the game uses, like, an expendable, like, you have this many plays remaining resource. Th there are two things that have uh, a functional energy... Uh meter one is uh link bells which are what you use to host raids however uh, when you host raids you get more resources however you can join other people's raids and still acquire resources yeah. without spending link bells you can uh, guest in other people's raids an unlimited amount of times yep and then the other thing is sp which you spend on um basically oh. grinding out stuff for summons yeah, but, the World of Illusions, which is where you get all your summon level-up resources from. But you basically have what amounts to a uh, a, a Grand Blue situation with the uh, stats there, where there are so many ways to get SP potions uh, to restore your stamina that that number may as well not exist. Yeah, yeah, much like in Grand Blue, I have so goddamn many stamina potions that my stamina may as well effectively be infinite. Like, I'm not going to go through all of this. Yeah. Uh -huh. I don't have that kind of time. I, I have actively been to some degree grinding in the World of Illusion just to, like, finish maxing out my uh, Ifrit and to max out a couple summon boards. I've still got, like, 30 because I'm acquiring them faster than I can spend them. Yeah. 
yeah, there's they give you a lot. Mm-hmm. Like maybe yeah. if you're macroing, you might run out of them, or if you're just letting this run on a macro on its own. But like if you're actively playing this game like a regular human being, you will not run out of these ever. Yeah, the only the only like level the only like power avenue I don't particularly enjoy having implemented was the artifact system. So basically, like, um, yeah, and they actually they actually made it slightly better in that uh, before um, before the recent reworks of how it uh, of how it functions, you'd have to go into specific World of Illusions areas to mm-hmm. like. Uh, grind for artifacts that are locked to specific characters. These days, you just grind primarily for artifact tokens that you can spend on artifacts for whatever characters you want. Uh, but still, like the the way that artifacts work is that you have to max limit break them, which is very easy. That that's not the hard part. the The hard part is that when you max limit break them. Uh, the art you base that artifact basically rolls and randomly generates uh, passive bonuses, um, and there is a range that those passive bonuses can take. Like there, there are some where like it's just if you get that bonus, you get that bonus. But for some of the most important ones, like for example, initial brave or like attack attack stat, for any DPS. Yeah, there is a range that you could get, and obviously you want the max that's possible. So you basically just have to, like, pray to RNG that you eventually get the stats you're looking for. And that kind of sucks. It's the one thing I really don't like about the game. It, it kind of sucks, but, like, on the other hand, artifacts are so easily acquirable. Yeah. And, like, it is... A degree of min-maxing that doesn't really matter until you start hitting, like, Cosmos and really high-end content that, yeah. like... Which I'm kind of at that point now, so right. it is relevant to me. Uh, sure. But, <laughs> it, but like, it, my, my point is just, like, it is a small thing of min-maxing where, like, yeah, it's kind of annoying, but also, like, it, it is the endgame grind that you kind of get from any gotcha. And yeah. so, and like, also in its defense, I'd probably be better served by just grinding out the su- the more of the summon boards instead of wasting my time like trying to min max the artifacts. I mean, yes, absolutely. It'd probably be a better better way to spend my time because I've only maxed like one summon board for lightning and cloud, mm-hmm. and I, and yeah. they've already introduced three more. <laughs> so uh, also, like, if you just do your like daily, the other thing that I found is like if you just do your daily raids. Uh, and spend, like, a uh, double item drops, you have so many fucking artifact tokens. Like, it's absurd. Uh Like, I I literally will just go, uh, let's buy three sets of 99 artifact tokens for uh, one character. Uh, Cool. Just gonna spend 15 minutes fusing all of these together then. Um, Uh, Oh, and that reminds me, like... What's also great about this for free for free to play pay- players and players who may not like have super powerful teams yet. Um, in addition to like the normal daily missions that they have, where you can get resources just for doing like five quests each day, they also have panel missions that like rotate out like every two weeks or so, weeks two or three or weeks. So. Yeah, and like it's basically a bingo board of like mm-hmm. a three by three mission grid. And as you clear out lines, like, 
each each mission you clear gives you a specific reward, and as you like complete lines, you get additional rewards. And like clearing out the whole thing gives you like a spe- extra special like reward, like summon tickets and things like that. And what's nice about this is that these panel missions can actually give you fairly rare resources that you would need to uh, acquire through. Uh, that you would otherwise need to acquire by like completing the some of the hardest content in the game. Mm-hmm. Like you can get resources for unlocking the EX plus version of your EX weapons just by like doing such things as buy an item with Dissidia points, which again is a free resource, or uh, defeat twenty five Flan type enemies. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you have enough stuff to like, uh, you know, you know, uh, unlock EX plus on a weapon. Yeah, exactly. Like they're super willing to give you the equipment to kickstart you into being able to play the game at a higher than expected rate. Yeah, I would also say that, like, at least at the moment, um, the grind to get from early to mid to end game is drastically shorter than it is for grand blue yeah mm-hmm. I, I, like i have been playing semi-casually uh, like pretty it has been my pretty much primary gotcha game for like the past two weeks or so uh and i'm i'm pretty comfortably in the mid game i can clear basically all but uh the last two hard missions on um hard modes and i bet if i like really worked at it i could figure out a way to at least stumble my way through them yeah um and like and even now like again and playing it casually i can i can usually get through a uh chaos uh mission i i haven't gotten to cosmos difficulty yet but i can clear chaos difficulty mm-hmm. at least i can't necessarily clear all the missions there to make it a complete clear but right. i can get through it mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's it as much as I love Grand Blue, it is very frustrating to get like stuck in that mid-tier hell where you're just trying to com- yeah. desperately trying to complete your basic grid, like your your just basic primal grid, and like you're like, oh, just for the love of fucking god, just give me that last weapon or summon drop, please, God. Oh my God, I just need my last Lumi sword, please, God, please. Yeah, just and, it been... just, and it just won't happen, and you're just grinding day after day, hoping for that drop. Like that's that's not what that's not what the the, the grind in Dissidia is. Like mm-hmm. pretty much everything that matters for your progression, other than the EX weapon, you are guaranteed to get if you do the mission associated with it. Like th- there aren't like 05 percent drop rate for the thing you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the sole point of, like, frustrating drop rates is artifacts, and, like, even that is, like, min-maxing rather than fundamental to a character. Yeah, before the summon boards came out, they were more of a big deal in terms of, like, eking out every bit of power, but now with the Mm -hmm. summon boards, like, just do the summon boards. Like, max out those first. Like, maybe, maybe, like, you know... limit break a few artifacts just to like get something in there because you might as well Mm -hmm. but like you don't have to like roll for perfect rng you don't have to bother with that until you've like done literally everything else 
because mm-hmm. the differences are so minor these days that like you're better off just doing the other avenues for progression. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't hurt to do artifacts, but it is uh, like if you're at the point where artifacts are make or breaking you, like you've done everything else you've done everything else and you don't need to listen to us talk about this game to figure out if you want to play it you already know yeah you know what the deal is um yeah dude this game whips ass it's so good i uh one thing i also want to say is we spent a lot of time talking about the gameplay i know you weren't like super impressed by the story and i'm not going to try and argue that it's like a masterpiece or anything but no, I, I, I do like how I do like that they play a lot with different character interactions mm-hmm. and some of the sort of combinations they come up with in terms of like sticking different characters together from different Final Fantasy games like are are pretty clever and yeah, oh, yeah. some pretty fun dialogue. Yeah, I, I don't think like the story's bad or anything. Like it, it, it just it didn't particularly grab me. What I actually yeah. really did like though was the uh, the lost chapters where they are focused on a single character and so it is about like uh it, it, like Rams's chapter is about him interacting with a, a couple of other people and it specifically is Ramza uh I want to say it's like pre chapter 2 or 3 of that game um where he is still like trying to figure out how the fuck he feels about nobility and personal responsibility uh instead of just being like Nah, fuck it. I'm burning this shit down like he gets around chapter four. <laughs> um, which, like, is interesting. Like, there is a genuine dedication to the character from the game rather than, like, uh, a parody that a lot, like, uh, that you would see a lot of times from other character or from other games where, like, Cloud might be over-exaggerated the dark and moody when, like, nah, Cloud's a dipshit, dude. Cloud's yeah. dumb as hell. Uh-huh. Or, like, uh, Squall is quiet not because he is, like, dark and broody, but because he is really awkward and doesn't know what to say, and everybody else just interprets that as him being cool, is literally a thing that happens multiple times in this story. Yeah, there's a, there's a, I won't, like, reiterate it in full like I did before the podcast when I was talking about this game with Sierra, Sierra but there's a fantastic uh, little story beat in Act 2, Chapter 5, uh, which is a very pain-focused chapter, uh, that involves, like, Pain, Squall, Zell, and, um, uh, Cater, uh, and with Zell making a pointed comparison between pain and squall uh, that leads to some like really good dialogue between the two of them Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very good yeah and i just love how they they play with the characters and and play the the characters off each other in like this sort of weird situation that they're all in i also kind of dig that like none of the characters are particularly enthused to like be ripped out of their worlds and put into just this like random piecemeal sort of universe where they're sort of constantly forced to battle. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do sort of appreciate that the game very pointedly, you know, points out that like, Hey, this is not really a good situation to be in. This is kind of messed up. And like, 
Spiritus, who recruits, like, basically all the villain characters from the various Final Fantasy games, like, uh, all the char- all the good guys are like, well, Spiritus is, pro- is definitely an asshole, but also we don't really trust Materia all that much either. Like, there's This, this Moogle motherfucker is shady as shit. Fuck this Moogle. Yeah, yeah, nobody, like, nobody trusts Mog. Fucking hate Mog. All. Mog is such an asshole. I don't even have reason to dis- to, like, well, I have reason to distrust Mog. I don't have, like, anything concrete. Fuck this Moogle. <laughs> yeah, no, basically all the other characters in the game agree with you. Like, they're, all of them are like, we probably shouldn't trust him, but we don't really have much of a choice but to follow him right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just like how how they sort of subvert that kind of thing and it's i again like the story isn't a masterpiece but i enjoy it it's fun there there is stuff there that they do well what i will also say it is not phoned in like you would expect i should say what i would also say to its credit is it is not as as much of a trial to get the story like it is from grand blue where you're given one piece of story every 30 missions that are all just like a pain in the ass to do yeah um like it it is much easier and reasonable to get plot and story from this game than it is from grand blue yeah i would also say the story scenes don't overstay overstay their welcome like a lot of story scenes can do in grand blue yep i i would agree with that grand blue definitely suffers from the traditional sort of light not uh a visual novel problem of you are too in love with your own writing. <laughs> yeah. You're writing I, too much. Mm-hmm. There are some times when they can get away with it and sometimes when they can't. Um, and it largely depends on how much I like the character, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Like if, is... if there's, if there's a story focused on Zeta, I'll read all that shit. But like, it's kind of, if it's a character I kind of only like, I'll be like, well, I'll read enough to get the gist of it, and then maybe I'll hit that skip button. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, Matera's in this scene? Okay, I'll read this one. Otherwise, we're yeah. just, just going to hit the skip button. Summary, summary. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I was right to hit the st- skip button. I don't care about any of this. Also, I can't remember. Did did we talk about how Zeta was, re- was revealed as another Grand Blue fighting game character in, in the podcast yet? I don't know if we've talked about it, but uh, I did see it and immediately went, hmm, Dustin will be happy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Both Matera uh, and Zeta in the Grand Blue fighting game. Truly, this is my year. Matera is not a character I will ever be able to play. She is, like, way too zoner for me. Um, oh, yeah, she is so, so a zoner. But, like... Catalina's in that game, and it's she just she's just woman with long sword and big normals, and you know what? That's that's my character. It it turns out yes, I can play Ori in Grand Blue. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm super excited by how they what they revealed of Zeta's move set because like, yep, that I can I can dig that. I can mm-hmm. play that character. Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, that was our Grand Blue fighting game minute. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. Grand Blue Fighting Game. Gonna be fun. Don't know yep. if it'll be good, but it'll be fun. Oh, yeah, I'll like it at least. Yeah, I'm exactly. i that shit. I, I, I pro- it probably won't be my main game, because Unist and then uh, Unclair is gonna exist, but... Um, it, will, it will be at least something I play. 
Also, Tekken di- Tekken Seven did just go on sale, and Tekken I... Seven has a vampire lady with demon horns in it. T- Tekken Seven is very good. I am also very bad at Tekken. Three I... D fighting. Ga- Tekken seems like a game that's very easy to be very bad at. Uh huh. Yes, Tekken Seven is. Uh, in my opinion, and in the opinion of like several folks that I talked to, Tekken 7 is maybe the single hardest uh, fighting game to play. Um, especially to play at like a top tier. Even more than Soul Calibur, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Soul Calibur, like, I love playing that game casually, but it, it, it seemed like super intimidating to play at any sort of competitive level. Soul Calibur is like intimidating but has a relatively straightforward structure and bones to the system that you can kind of transport between characters um tekken has just there's just there's so much there's so fucking much there there is so goddamn much in that game and it all is just all there and so much of it requires like really specific input execution execution like uh, uh, korean backdashes are basically mandatory to play and that's just a really rough Thing to have to be able to do. I will say it is a surprisingly fantastic spectator game. Oh yeah, Tekken Seven fucking rules to watch. It's just hard yeah, to play. Like yeah, I almost like watching it more than drag the Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which I was not expecting. But like, I I watched the the finals for Tekken Seven at Evo, and mm-hmm. those finals were amazing. I was hooked. It was yeah. such a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like watching Fighter Z, um, just because I think rounds in that game tend to drag really hard. Um, like it, they are really, really long, and they're usually decided by about halfway through. Yeah, I can see that. Is it, it? It the rounds do feel like Guilty Gear, but like three times as long. Well, it's not even that they're Guilty Gear, but three times it's long. It is. Um, hey, okay. So what if a, a Marvel vs. Capcom three round? instead of being one touch of death into game over and it's done in 30 seconds, instead was one touch of death into game over, but it lasts for three and a half minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which, like, okay, yeah, it, it's fine. And, like, watching Sonic Fox and Goichi is absolutely hype as hell. It just, like, is not my game. And yeah. it... I, I really like watching it. I don't really have that issue with it, but the issue I do have with spectating Dragon Ball Fighter Z is that... I desperately wish there was more team variety. Oh, yeah. That game is stale as hell. Yeah. Love to see Bardak and Go- GT Goku everywhere. Yeah. Like, at least at least adult... At least, like, you know... Uh, te- at least, like, a... Uh, I guess it'd be Teen Gohan at that time. But, like, at least, uh, at least Majin Buu Saga Gohan tends to get some play. Mm-hmm. So I occasionally see like one of my favorite characters there, but I have a feeling like next go around, I, I seriously doubt there's going to be anyone fielding Videl, which just makes me depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, it feels like no no teams actually field most of my favorite characters in that game. Yeah, that's yeah that that seems fair. Um, I'm I'm also not like a a, a team fighting game player, so like. It's just not my scene in general. Yeah, I, I do feel more comfortable when it's just like a character. Mm-hmm. 
I've never been able to parse the the tag battle games too well. It's hard, is the thing. It's very hard. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we we spent like fifteen minutes talking about fighting games. We can. That's fine. Yeah. Uh. Anyways. Well, we don't have like jokes to make to dunk on a game. We got no, because this one just whips stuff. ass. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dissidia uh, is just like a really solid game. Yeah, it, it like straight up, it's probably gonna be the me be my main gotcha game for a significant while. Uh, that makes me very happy to hear. Like, I'm I'm glad that like, uh, like I, I sort of expected that like you'd you'd appreciate Doken Battle, but not really get into it. I mm-hmm. was I was not expecting you to like like have Dissidia become like one of your favorites. That genuinely surprised me, like, in a way that I found very delightful. Straight up, I, I was not expecting that either. I, I was fully expecting to kind of bout and soft of it the same way I did for Record Keeper, where I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I got to see my son, Ramza, uh, and that, that made me happy. Uh, and then I just sort of move on. No, Gabe's just good, dude. Gabe just whips ass. Yeah, and I do really like the the art style as well. It's got, like, yeah, it's this... cute. I wouldn't say, like, fully super deformed, but like yeah, it, it's halfway like there, yeah, it's like halfway halfway there in a way that's meant to like remind you of like the PS One era aesthetic, without looking actually as blocky and low res as the PS One truly was. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it evokes the nostalgia for those early PlayStation days, you know, while still making it look really good. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's a needle that they thread that I think works out really well. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. Um, yeah, it's it just it, it's just a good game, and I'm I am glad that we got to play it. Uh, uh, so I, I guess like the last question is: uh, Did you spend money, or would you spend money on this game? So interestingly, I have not yet spent money on it. Just because, like, I never really felt I ever had to uh, mm-hmm. to get what I wanted. Um, if, uh, like, they do sell costume packs for characters, um, and if, like, uh, Yuna's uh, FF10-2 costume pack ever comes around again, I'll probably spend money on it, you know, just to get that costume. And, like, mm-hmm. I've put so many hours into this game that I genuinely think is great. Like, I don't... I don't mind just saying, like, here, you made a good thing. Have, like, 20 bucks uh, as, like, a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I haven't spent any money so far, and I don't feel like I've been punished for that at all. Yeah, uh, so I'll be straight up. I bought, like, a couple of the, like, beginner packs because um, they were legitimately cheap as hell and had like really valuable resources in them as well as like a significant amount of gems and we're like yeah. I-, I bought like a $30 one and a $10 one because I was just like eh, fuck it why not I I got paid it's fine I don't feel like I have to do this but I'm choosing to do this because I would like to um and if there's another like uh bargain deal happening in the future probably would again i wouldn't ever buy just like raw gems but like the bundles are legitimately valuable bundles and probably worth money um yeah it's it's a game where like that that is what i appreciate about how the shop is set up 
is that um, because of how the gotcha operates and because of how like the power progression operates, when I do buy something or, or like if, if I do buy something, it's it's never because I feel like, oh, I, I need to buy this pack so I have a chance of getting the thing I want. It's it's more like, oh, I just I want this pack because like I just, you know, want the resources that come with it or I I want I want this neat costume for a character I like. You're it's, mm-hmm. it's never a situation where it's like, "Oh, I guess I got to buy some more gems." Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. which is almost entirely how uh like Fate Grand Order uh and to a certain extent Grand Blue kind of operate. Yeah. Um and like and even with Doken battle the rates are just bad enough for the characters you might want that there are instances where I in that game I have gone like well I really want Kefla oh I will spend a little on this just just cuz she's really special to me uh, mm-hmm. just so I have a be- just so I can get her um but yeah, that that's not a situation I can ever see happening with Dissidia unless like something really drastically changes with the game, which I I don't see that happening. I mean, they. I mean, the game literally started to... out with guaranteed fi- guaranteed five star. Yeah. So well, also like we they've stuck fairly closely to my understanding to like their Japanese schedule. So like. For a yeah. significant period of time, at least, we know it won't divert from that, and will just continue to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, the, they've they've uh, they've stuck pretty closely to it. Like they will be interested, they will be introducing like eventually new weapons that are even more powerful than EX weapons. But again, it's like a weapon mm-hmm. for each character, a, a weapon and, for each and character, and that's and... after, and that's after like. Gosh, when did when was this game released in global? Two years ago? A year ago? Yeah. So it's been like Let me see here. Yeah, so it was it was released in the United States, uh January uh United States and Canada, January thirtieth, twenty eighteen. So almost been, exactly two years. Yeah, been very nearly two years. And again, like there's only three weapons per character only one of which only one of which you need to gotcha that is a very slow power and relic creep compared to other games especially Mm -hmm. record keeper yeah hell especially brave zevious yeah it's they they have kept it like they they've kept the power creep like very tight uh mm-hmm. and one of the interesting ways that you know they sort of keep it under control is by regularly reworking characters who have fallen behind in the meta like mm-hmm. i mentioned that like yuna is you know one of the better brave batteries she used to be kind of garbage uh used to like she used to like be bad enough where you probably wouldn't want to bring her like if you had any relics for any of the other characters who could do new brave battery stuff, but then she got her rework and suddenly like she was like worth taking along on teams again and actually like pretty good, pretty good. Um, and they constantly do that with characters 
who have fallen behind. Like Cloud is kind of the the er example of that, where like whenever they introduce a new thing, uh, Cloud is one of the ones who gets it first, and he starts out and he like jumps up to being like really powerful. And then as more and more characters get their cool toys, he starts slowly going down and down because Cloud's more of a utility DPS. He's not really good at any one thing, but, like, he's he's a good generalist in terms of damage. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, you know, he'll go down and down. Then, like, he'll get a rework, and then he'll go back up, and he'll keep, go down again. And then he'll get, like, an EX weapon, uh, and then he'll go, like, shoot back up. And that's basically how it works for pretty much every character in the game like there are a few that are just you know consistently good throughout the meta warrior of light is one of them just because Mm -hmm. like there are so few characters who does what he who do what he does as well as warrior of light who's just a consistently fantastic tank and support character right but yeah like it's it's not uncommon for a character to be really good, sort of slowly slide down to mediocre as other characters surpass them, and then to get good again. So, like, regardless of what character you enjoy, they're they're gonna have a, their time in the spotlight every so often. If they are not at least usable, they will be soon, because the reason they're not usable now is probably just because they don't have their EX yet. Yeah, or they haven't gotten a rework lately. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... So that that is one thing that makes me think the developers of Dissidia more than most uh, gotcha developers like actually give a shit about keeping the characters you know keep keeping the power curve you know roughly in where it should be like yeah. they they clearly don't want to have like huge gulfs between character usability. Yeah, it, they are clearly interested in having the game be, if not balanced, then having every character that you could want to play be a real option. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I don't know that we ever touched on was uh, each banner being three characters means that aiming for a character on a banner is a real option. Like... Yeah. I, pulling on Agrius's banner, I was just like, yeah, I'm probably going to get the shit I want for Agrius. Um, and I'll probably get shit for Ferris, too, which is cool, I guess. And I yeah. I got so many of Ash's things, uh, who is the third character on that banner, that, like, I literally was able to uh, uh, max limit break both of her uh, two weapons, but not her EX, twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like, you say it's three characters, and, like, technically that's true. But it's more like two characters and then a guest. So, yep. like, for the Ultimacia and um, Squall banner, it's like, you know, hey, draw for Ultimacia and Squall's EX weapons. And, like, also, you know, you can get some stuff for pain. But, mm-hmm. like, it, it's, like, it, it does emphasize pretty much just two characters. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, occasionally you'll get some, like, stuff for, for, for other random characters, but, yeah, you, there's a very high chance that you're gonna get, you know, at least one EX weapon that you want if you've saved up a decent amount of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the game. 
It's yeah. good. You should one of our give most it a shot. positive episodes ever. Yeah. Uh huh. I feel more positive coming off of this game than I do Grand Blue. Like straight up, I like Grand Blue a lot. I would recommend Dissidia Opera Omnia to newer folks before I'd recommend Grand Blue. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Just because, like, again, it's like the it is much less grindy. Um, Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's also just like the gotcha is also much friendlier. Yeah, Grand Blue I recommend with caveats and being like, oh well, what are your personal tastes? If somebody was like, hey, should I play Opera Omnia? I'd just be like, yeah, it's it's fun. I like it. You should yeah. give it a shot. Yeah. Do you like Final Fantasy? If so, this is the best one that they've made. <laughs> Do you just like turn-based RPGs? Probably still give it a shot. It's neat. Yeah. And maybe, through playing it, you might end up liking some Final Fantasy stuff, you know? Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's... So we got one last thing to do, which is roll on the uh, Gachapod Gachapon. Ah, uh, yes, it's uh, your turn, I believe. Uh, that sounds right. Uh, so let me just yeah, roll this real quick. Yeah, because was on my list, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that can be true. <laughs> uh... Oh, okay. So next week or er, next episode, we'll be talking about uh, Valkyria Anatomia, a prequel g- gotcha game to Valk- uh, Valk- Valkyrie Profile. Wait, okay. is it uh, like Valkyrie Profile Lenneth? Um, oh, all right. Okay, yeah. I've uh, n- I, not I Valkyria have played Chronicles. a little of the Valkyrie Profile games, but I've never really finished one they are mm-hmm. pretty neat though yeah I, I i am actually excited to talk about this one i i, I like this game's combat system a lot it's neat and fun yeah uh-huh. i've uh i've i remember you telling me about that game i think even before we started this podcast probably uh so yeah i, I i'm glad that you pulled that one because i i'm curious to see how that plays mm-hmm yeah, there's a part of me that was like, what if we just did Brave Xevious next week? But uh, <laughs> Just, just that clear be, out the Final Fantasies. That, that would just be mean all. to Brave Xevious. We would <laughs> oh, not God. give that game a fair shake. Oh, no. Oh, no. We'd rip that thing apart. <laughs> yeah, that would be brutal. <laughs> but, yeah, we still do have two Final Fantasies left in our list. You have uh, you Oh, have yeah, Xevious, Mobius exists, too. I have too. Mobius. Mobius, which is like, I'm not sure if it's good. But it is very weird. I, I mean, we could just be like, fuck it, let's clear out the Final Fantasy games. No, I'm, I'm fine giving ourselves a break. All uh, right. We'll go back. Maybe next time we pull a Final Fantasy, we'll just do the other one afterwards. <laughs> but, but just take a minute so that we aren't immediately comparing it to uh, the good one. Yeah, exactly. We'll just, we'll just treat the other two Final Fantasies as like a pair. If one of us rolls one of them in the future... We're the you know next time we won't even roll the we'll just do the we'll other just do one the other list. one yeah. yeah that makes sense to me alrighty uh so I still don't have a sign off and at this point I'm refusing to do so uh <laughs> yeah it's 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 now our brand that we don't have a sign off uh huh uh I I am gonna throw y'all a curveball this time not gonna just randomly insult you as I I leave out of uh vague awkward embarrassment for not having a sign off just gonna just gonna end it here uh bye bye.